Welcome, welcome all to another episode of your favorite podcast. Targo, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic because it was one hell of a weekend and week of football. Holy it cow. Was, man. Some records were broken. Yeah. So this is a, a big week. Big week. Uh, but before we get into that, make sure to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, we've been starting to post shorts, which are fun. Uh, a lot more interaction with those. Make sure to like subscribe hit the notification bell on those youtube videos and then make sure to follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms and join the facebook group and uh, check out the merch on redbubble targo what are you drinking i am drinking golden road brewing melon cart Ooh, yeah so i already have had this so oh, okay sorry don't need don't need a reaction from no, it. No, but it's this thing tastes like candy pretty much, man. It tasted like a watermelon Jolly Rancher. So it was... Sounds it was good, but not for me. It, it was definitely a, a one and done. It was definitely yeah. a one and done, yeah. Probably. Uh, I guess what I would say is it sounds like a hangover. <laughs> Don't know. I, I After more one. than one. Uh, today, I am drinking from Garland Brew Works. I uh, just went down to an event they had it was a cereal and beer event so they did cereal themed beers so today i have what's called the penny cup porter it's a reese's puff porter yum i love reese's puffs dude it's so good this might be like my new second favorite beer of all time after after that humble abode one yeah yeah right behind it but it was so good uh, they had everything from Fruity Pebbles, Captain Crunch Sours with Crunch Berries. Uh, they had a Cinnamon Toast Crunch Stout. That was pretty good, too. Okay. But before I go on a rant about how much I love beer, uh, those are our brews. So let's get to some banter. Welcome to Brews and Banter. All right, Tara, we had a ton of games, so... Uh, before this becomes a three-hour episode, let's get <laughs> into it. On the first in the English Premier League, we had Arsenal and Everton. Um, this one, uh, up until about the 40th minute, was a bit of a snooze fest. Arsenal yeah. having a lot of possession, not really getting any clear-cut chances. Everton kind of making a break here and there. And then from the 40th minute on, it was a rout. Arsenal winning this one 4-0. Um, another great game from Leandro Trossard. What a signing he's turned out to be. Yeah, probably one of the signings in probably one of the best signings in January, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I would say what a steal from Arsenal as well. Like yeah. 21 million. Yes, it was. Uh and then uh, I told you so. Yeah, you did guess a a 4-0, didn't you? So, yeah. I bet bet you were wondering, though, especially the way the beginning of that game went. Oh, 100%. I was like, oh, Tyler's going to say I didn't get it right. I was way off, and then the game exploded. It took a kind of a fantastic turn and strike from Bukayo Saka to open things up. and then It did. Once Arsenal got that first goal, obviously you knew Everton then had to try to get something from the game, and it opened things up. Yeah, and the floodgates 
opened. Uh, Martinelli, Odegaard, and Martinelli again were the goals. That put Arsenal up five points. No more game in hand. No, no more Next game in hand. Next up, we had Liverpool and Wolverhampton Wanderers. I Did you pick Wolves for this one? I think I might have. Yeah, Liverpool showed up, though, man. Yeah, they did. But it took until the 73rd minute for Virgil van Dijk to finally break the deadlock. Um, forced an initial header from a set piece. Jota put the rebound across the goal, and Van Dyke headed it from close range. Four minutes later, Mohamed Salah, um, yeah, put him out of sight, made it three wins out of their last four Premier League games. Liverpool starting to heat up. On the fourth, we had Manchester City and Newcastle, what we thought would be a really good game. It wasn't. It was one-way traffic. Uh, Manchester City, this was one-way traffic. Yeah. Uh, They win 2-0. I thought it would be the Grealish versus Almiron revenge tour, uh, which it looked like it early with Almiron chasing down Grealish a couple times and tackling him from behind. But Grealish got the better of Almiron. Foden put City ahead on 15 minutes, looking like Lionel Messi the English version, dribbling yes. through five Sliding Newcastle defenders. defenders. man, Sliding past Ooh. them. Uh, and then, yeah, Newcastle really only had two or three chances, maybe, in the entire game. Wilson had a really good chance in the first half that he completely scuffed. Yeah. Um, he's been in really poor form lately. Uh, Bernardo Silva made it 2-0 um, with a nice, yeah. cool finish. Right Some when he came on the field. in that one. And then, uh, yeah, Newcastle, another game without a win. What's yeah, going on? They're not doing so hot right now, man. In their last five games, they got three draws and two losses. This is yeah. two losses in a row, so they're, they've are they slid down the table quite a bit, actually. They're sitting in sixth place, so that's quite a fall from you know the third, fourth they were sitting in. Yeah, and I mean, they're three points ahead of Brighton. Brighton's got a game in hand, so they could fall even further if Brighton get a win. Yeah. All right. Next up, we had the uh, probably most intense game of the weekend. <laughs> Arsenal against Bournemouth. Man, I never would have guessed this, that within the first half, Bournemouth could have been 3-0 up. Scored after nine seconds. Nine seconds, man. I remember like I turned it on and was like, you know, just getting settled down, sitting down, and um, had to look at the TV like, oh, it's already a goal score. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? What happened? Um, yeah. Uh, they caught, Bournemouth caught Arsenal napping, essentially. Um, not even really paying attention. Philip Billing putting the ball past Aaron Ramsdale. Um, Arsenal looked lively after conceding. Odegaard oh. had two solid chances. Yeah, it was two one-way great- traffic, man. It was all one-way traffic after that. Two great saves from Neto, but I mean Bournemouth on the counter were very impressive. On the break, man, yeah, yeah. Forced <clears throat> a good save out of Aaron Ramsdale. Otherwise, it would have been two. And then they did make it two after Marco <laughs> Sensi got a header past Aaron Ramsdale. However, after that, like you said, one way traffic. Arsenal clawed their way back with goals from Partey in the 62nd minute. 
Ben White with his first goal for Arsenal. Uh, and Reese Nelson coming on, which ultimately changed the game because in the 97th minute with the last kick of the ball, Reese Nelson powers the ball home. And Arsenal, man, starting to look like champions winning the scrappy games, coming back from 2-0 down. I mean, that's what you, if you want to win the Premier League, man, that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. Uh, I will say, though, in this game. Loss in those kinds of games. You have to claw your way back and show winning mentality and get a win and get all three yeah. points. And it was huge. I will say, though, VAR has been asleep at the wheel against Arsenal this, this entire season. Bournemouth had five handballs all in the box. None of them were given, and... Arguably, all of them could have been called for penalties. I don't think they should have been. I think there was a, really only a shout for one of them. It was that one that kind of was falling. The ball was falling straight from, straight down from the air, and it landed on that guy's arm. There was two of them for me, and oddly enough, it wasn't that one. Um, there was the one that blocked uh, Gabrielle's header on the goal line. What's he supposed to do? Though? His clear... arms are right here in his chest. His arm was out here. No, it, it wasn't. No, it didn't, dude. Um, and the other one was someone hit the ball back at goal from the side, and his elbow was out. And he, mo- you see him move his elbow forward, which is towards the ball and away from his body. None of them were PKs, man. Arguably, <laughs> arguably, you're wrong. <laughs> and arguably, I'm right. Obviously, Anyways, you weren't because they weren't cold, were you? <laughs> moving on. Uh, next up, we had Crystal Palace against Aston Villa. Uh, Villa winning this one 1 0. Luckily for Palace, they didn't tie this one. Unluckily for them, uh, they lost it. Yeah, they did off an own goal, too. Yeah, it was very unlucky as well. Uh, Joaquim Anderson, dangerous cross by Matty Cash. Anderson slides, it hits him between both his legs and goes straight into the goal. Yeah, it was a weird one. Like, hit him twice and then went into the goal. It was, a, yeah, he should have done a lot better. But that through ball for Matty Cash was a beautiful through ball to set him on his way. He's been on fire this season. I mean, even against Arsenal, he was tearing him up. But, but go ahead. I'm going to say Wilfred Zaha made his return after four games. Man, he. Thought he put him in the lead off of after four minutes, but he was just a sliver, man. It was a sliver offside. And so brought it back. Yeah, I was just going to say Zaha made his return. But uh, check Decore, red card, 62nd minute for a second yellow card. I thought it could have been a straight red for that tackle. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Next up, we had Brighton and West Ham. Boy, did I get this one wrong. I think I predicted maybe a West Ham victory. And West Ham, after beating Forest 4-0, they get thumped themselves 4-0 by Brighton. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, this one was only one-way traffic, really. McAllister with a PK in the 18th minute. Jared Bowen fouled Matoma. Uh, West Ham really started slowly. They did. Joel Veltman, 51st minute. Scores a goal off his chest. I saw it. The Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Off the corner. Yeah. And then uh, Matoma in the 69th minute with a tap in. Nice. And uh, last but not least, that guy Welbs, Danny Welbeck. 89th minute, beautiful low drive 
from outside the 18 into the bottom corner. Beautiful strike, uh, yes. I feel like Silly March was the man of the match for me in that game, he man. Was. He played phenomenal. Like he was the pass right before the pass to the for the assist. You know what I mean? Yeah, on almost every one of these goals as well, except for the and, corner. But. Yeah, and then he was just gliding past players. He looked he looked really well. He played. Really uh, well. Yeah, everything seemed to be going well for Brighton right now. Moises Caicedo signs a new contract. Yep, trying to save face after his whole. No transfer debacle from Brighton. Right. Uh, Brighton sitting in eighth place, one game in hand on Newcastle, who are three points ahead of them, two games in hand on Fulham, who are one point ahead of them. Winning that game in hand, they could jump right up the table. They could be in sixth sixth place here pretty soon. Yeah. The way they're playing, too, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. Next up, we had Chelsea against Leeds United, and Chelsea finally score a goal. <laughs> finally. I told what? you, man. Like It's one of those things, like, how do you not accidentally score a goal off a corner or something off a cross? And that's right? kind of what happened. It was, but it was a beautiful looping header, I will say, uh, by Wesley Fifi Fofana. Gets the only goal of the game in the 53rd off corner. Um, Leeds had a few chances towards the end of the game to level it, but really the first three quarters of the game was really one-way traffic, I would say. Yeah, Chelsea were dominating that game, and then Leeds kind of found their way into it. Yeah, well, we'll see. Chelsea finally get a victory in what seems like ages. I did call this game, though. You so did. You save, did. I will give credit that where credit is due. <laughs> Um, yeah, good news for Chelsea and Graham Potter, but we'll see. This might be a flash in the pan for them. We don't know. Could be the start of something good. Uh, next up, we had Wolves against Spurs. Um, deep down inside, I want to say that I called it, but I think I called Tottenham. To be honest with you, you called Wolves on this one. I think we both called Wolves. Are Did you- we? I- I don't remember. I just know because Tottenham weren't playing in London. So we're like, oh, they suck when they don't yeah. play in London. Yeah. Well, they they did lose 1-0. Um, they sucked. They looked bad. Yeah. Son got the start. You were calling for him to get some starts. and He didn't do you any favors. He didn't look there. any better than Richarlison. No, he did that. not. His the only thing was, was not good. he hit the post off of uh save <laughs> from Jose Sa. But other than that, like that was it. Yeah. Pedro Poro hit the post on a free kick, but I will say in that minute, I will say in that game, Spurs. I feel like we're the better team in the first half, but the second half, man, Wolves just came out and took it to Spurs. And how about that Adama Traore goal? Where a spider builds his web. <laughs> That's where that ball went, man. Right there in that upper corner. Eighty-second minute return of Raúl Jiménez. Has a nice shot saved by Fraser Foster. Bounces right to Triore, looping over defender and one of his teammates, and he just slots it into that upper corner on a volley. It's kind of a funny-looking volley shot. <laughs> yeah, because he turned. opens up his hips and hits it with his instep. Yeah, it was a weird And it was a shot. line drive. So, uh, yeah, good for Wolves. They needed the win. Spurs, I don't even know what to say anymore. Dude, that's huge. They're in 13th place now, Wolves. Yeah. Remember huge. when I told you that team? I think Luke Tiki's going to get them going. You were right. You were right. 
At least for the moment. At least for the moment. Yeah, yeah. you never know. <laughs> Next up, we had Southampton against Leicester City in which proved to be a six-pointer for Southampton. They get the win 1-0. Yeah, that was a huge win for Southampton. I know neither you or I predicted that one. We thought Leicester, the way they had been playing, would get the result. Yeah, um, Leicester avoids, or not Leicester, Southampton avoids the losing six games in a row at home for the first time ever. Uh, they had a penalty on 30 minutes with the Castagna handball. Yeah, Ward Prowse took that PK, man, and he, he I think it was saved. Is that what it was? Yes, it was, it was, it was actually pretty poor. Saved by um, Ward. Yeah. But he's 0 for 2 on penalty kicks, but he's scored a plethora of free kicks. You need to put, uh, put him 10 more yards out in a wall in front of him. And then yeah, and it's it in. in the back of the net. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, Southampton did take the lead off of Carlos Alcatraz, or Alcaraz, um, essentially just ran through on goal in a yeah, breakaway. Yeah, lovely through ball by Shea Adams, and it's beautiful. He got he he looked like their best player, honestly. South or Carlos Alcaraz for Southampton, yeah. he yeah. definitely was their main attacking threat. And of until, course, he scores and hurts until, himself in the celebration. Man, he goes to slide <laughs> on his knees and he kind of turns weird and hurts his knee. Like he yeah, finished I, out the half, you could tell he was struggling, yeah. and then he comes. I've done that once, but like, why? How? How yeah. hard is it to slide straight? He didn't slide straight. He kind of turned know. his body, and his knee went out. I, anyways, if he's out for a while, it's a huge blow for Southampton. But. but yeah, they tried to get him to play. Like he came out in the second half and like lasted like two minutes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this win is huge for Southampton. It's their first win at home in the Premier League since August. Uh, first time off of the bottom of the table in four months with Bournemouth now on the bottom off goal difference. On the fifth, we had two relegation teams in a six-pointer, Nottingham Forest against Everton. Nottingham Forest having to claw their way back twice, but they ended up leveling it. And drawn it two to two. Thoughts? Man, I feel like Everton should have won this game. They went up twice. They get the first goal. It was a PK, fouled by John Joe Shelby on Dwight McNeil. Definitely, it was a foul. Demar Gray slots at home. Then Brennan Johnson equalizes in the 19th minute off a rebound. And then Abdullah Decore gives Everton the lead in the 29th off a cross. He gets his head to it. And then Decore has a terrible mistake, terrible giveaway, and it allows Forrest to get in. And Brandon Johnson, credit to him, man. He still had a lot to do, and he had a lovely finish with his left foot. Yeah. But yeah, um, it was the- just mistakes cost them twice. Yeah. And it's been a theme this whole season for Everton. But man, the form of Brandon Johnson right now, it could be deciding as far as where Nottingham Forest finish in the table. I will say one thing to look as a positive note for Everton. This is the first time they've scored two goals, and I forget how long. It was a long time since they've scored two goals in a game, so hopefully it's a sign <laughs> of things to come for them. Yeah. Um, Might be a little too little too late, though. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. There's only three points between 15th and 20th. That's six right teams, now. yeah. So... Uh, including two teams on 21 points and two teams on 22 points. This is anyone's game to stay in the Premier League. None of them it really is. have first cho- like natural finishers. 
Um, I guess Brendan Johnson, really, of all maybe, these teams. Maybe Danny Ings for West Ham. Yeah. Um, I guess Rodrigo, maybe. He's I doing Rodrigo hasn't been playing. I haven't seen. Is he hurt or? I think so. I don't know, personally. Anyways, yeah, it's going to be fantastic to watch. Same with the other end of the table, the Europa League spots. I mean, there's so many teams fighting. So, and to recap the weekend, we had the biggest surprise result probably in the history of the Premier League. I'm not going to lie. Liverpool against Manchester United. Liverpool. Okay, before I even get started, for those of you who joined us on the live stream, thank you. We appreciate your support. And that was fun to watch. Man United fans, turn off the podcast now. Because you guys lost 7-0 to Liverpool. This was a thrashing. Oh, dude, this is worse than a thrashing. You know, we had mentioned history was made this weekend. This is history. They've yeah. never lost by that much before in the Premier League. No, it's the worst loss in the history of Manchester United. They've never lost by more than six goals. They lost by seven. And this is Liverpool's biggest win over Manchester United in their history. And maybe one of the worst showings from Manchester United in their history. It was was terrible, man. Bruno looked really bad. I mean, Rashford couldn't get anything going. I don't know if Ten Hag maybe played him out of position. I would have liked to have seen Rashford run more at Trent, Alexander-Arnold. Didn't see any of that. Mm-mm. And yeah, that just Lissandro got sent to the cleaners by Mo Salah. Yeah, very reminiscent of Harry Maguire. So, well, you know, we learned it from. They're both at Man United. 100%. <laughs> uh, this game going one way and one way only. <laughs> Cody Gakpo with two. Darwin Nunez with two. Mo Salah. You guessed it. With two, and then Bobby Firmino at the end with a clever little finish between the legs of David De Gea, and his reaction essentially summed up the entire game. Hands on his head, fell over, and just laid there. So I got to ask, which was your favorite goal in that game? Since there were seven of them, oh, I don't know. Um, I would say probably the Cody Gakpo cutback and slots it far post. I think for me, it's the Cody Gagpo little chip he had. I yeah, that, that was, one was clever. Nice and from a tight angle, I liked that one, I think. But yeah, the cutback was also. Uh, it was nice. Uh, I mean, then you have the Darwin Nunez score to the back of his head. The man bun finish. Yeah, that was pretty good, too. Um, history also made in this game for Mo Salah. Both equaled and passed Robbie Fowler for the most goals in the history of Liverpool. Congrats. That's fantastic. Is he the best player in the history of Liverpool? How do you say no now? I don't know. I don't think he can. I think he is. No, I can't. He's that. I mean, you see what he's done since he got there. Absolutely fantastic. And I mean, they've got a a Champions League and a Premier League trophy with him, don't they? Mm hmm. He's their all time leading scorer. So, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. So. Is this the resurgence of Liverpool? Do you think, I think that it is, man? I mean, I think it is up, up to fifth now, three points behind Spurs for fourth place with a game in hand. 
I w- and the nine goals better on goal difference. So, yeah, you know, what a different showing of Liverpool from this weekend to last weekend though, when they drew Crystal Palace. Like, that was just a terrible Liverpool side. Looked lethargic and no energy. Just looked like they didn't care. And then this Liverpool side, man, they came out in that second half when we it were came, watching it. Came to play. Yeah, Klopp said something to them at halftime. And, man, they came out with a fire under their butts. Because they... Yeah. Six, six goals in the second half? <laughs> I never would have guessed that. No. But equally as impressive. We'll see. If it's a real resurgence, they might have a chance against Real Madrid in Madrid with a three-goal deficit. But time will tell on that one. Next up, we stay in England. We go to the FA Cup. On February 28th, we had Stoke and Brighton. Brighton win this one 1-0. Shout out to Evan Ferguson. Scoring machine this season. (laughs) For Brighton, Uh, yeah. Next up, we had Fulham and Leeds. Fulham winning this one 2-0. I just want to give a shout out to Paulinha because that was a golazo. Yeah. 35 yards out in the 21st minute. That one's a great goal. On March 1st, we had Manchester United against West Ham. United win this one 3-1. West Ham went up first in the 54th minute, and then United left it late. 77th minute, an own goal by West Ham, and then two goals in extra time with Garnacho and Fred getting goals. Yeah, Garnacho's goal was nice too. It was a curler. Mm -hmm. Next up, we had Sheffield United and Tottenham. (laughs) Told you so. (laughs) Sheffield United beat Tottenham 1 0. What a goal by, was it Ndai? Yeah. Uh, dribbling through three defenders and curling it past Foster. That was it. Spurs look bad. Moving on. <laughs> um, next up, we had Southampton against Grimsby Town. Grimsby Town, the uh, lowest league side left in the FA Cup, and they still will be after beating Southampton 2-1. to one. Man, yeah. Southampton looked bad in this game. You never know what Southampton team you're going to get, man. The one that beats Chelsea, the one that beats Leicester, and the one that loses to Grimsby Town. I will For those say that you don't know Grimsby Town are in League Two. That I will say both four goals divisions below Southampton. Both goals were PKs for Grimsby Still. Town. One of them I would argue was very controversial. And then, yeah, Saltacar got the long goal for Southampton with a header. I think it was a header. But, yeah. They were already down 2-0 by that point. But either way, this is the magic of the FA Cup and why we love it so much. Unfortunately, due to how many games we have, we're not going to spend much time on it. So next up, we fly over to Italy on the 28th. We had the next surprise result of the weekend. What an upset, man. Yeah. Cremonese. Sitting dead last in the Serie A, no wins. Hadn't even won in the Serie A since 1996. And they beat AS Roma 2-1. to Their first win. Since 1996 in Serie A. That's a long time. 
That is a long time. I know we didn't see this one coming, man. I, I think you made fun because you're like, Crim and AC, I can see them getting something. We both laughed because they're in last place <laughs> with zero wins. Right. Here they are beating Roma 2-1. Joking or not, I mean, it, it's still a shock. No, nobody was serious in that statement. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Frank Tujou with a banger putting the home side ahead. Head yeah, on 17 cool. minutes. Roma equalized. Spinazzola scored in the 71st. And then a Daniel Ciofani penalty gave Cremonese the win on the 83rd minute. Next up, we had Juventus against they... Torino. What? I still can't believe they won. <laughs> <laughs> Inside, I'm still in shock about 7-0 for Liverpool over Man United, so I'm in the same boat. (laughs) All right, Juve beat Torino 4-2. Huge win for Juventus. Puts them 8th on 35 points. Uh, They scored, uh, yeah, 4. They were down 1 within 2 minutes. Torino scoring... And then Cordardo equalized Sanabria for Torino, put them ahead again. And then Danilo, Bremer, and Rabio scored for Juventus. Paul Pogba made his second debut. Yeah, um, good to see him, man. That's... A month uh, and a half. No, that's more than that. <clears throat> he's been uh, there since summer. <laughs> yeah, half he, a season. He's been out injured, him, which was crazy to me. Uh, and then on March 3rd, we had Napoli against Lazio. Another one nobody saw coming. Lazio beats Napoli 1-0. What? With a rocket, man. It was a That was a screamer to beat the Napoli goalkeeper. Yeah. And ultimately, Lazio's goalie saved them quite a few times in this one. And it was all Lazio. They get the three points. Napoli, I guess at this point, they are the champions, but and the three points really didn't matter. But I, this is definitely a surprise result for me. Yeah, it was a surprise. Napoli now only 15 points Ooh. in first. But huge yeah. win for Lazio, man. Takes them to third place. Mm-hmm. Huge win for them. Uh, and we'll get to why they jumped that high here in a second. Yeah. On the fourth, we had Atalanta against Udinese. This one ended nil-nil. Um, Atalanta looked like the better team. Just couldn't finish. Pretty much. Yeah, that sums it up. Next up, we had Fiorentina against AC Milan. Fiorentina running out 2-1 to one winners in this one. They did. And, like, the first, honestly, almost the first whole half was Fiorentina. And AC Milan has some terrible giveaways. Almost as bad as Man United giveaways, but they weren't punished like Man United's against Liverpool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, AC Milan is same with. I don't want to put them in the same sentence, but Southampton and AC Milan are very similar this season. You never know which team you're going to get. Dude, you really don't. Like they should have won this game. They didn't even show up to play. On paper, they should have won that game. Yeah. On the field, they shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were down 2-0 until a Theo Hernandez goal in the ninth in extra time in the second half. Oh, man, rocket. that was a rocket, too. You got to check that one out. Yeah, it was beautiful. But, yeah. 
This result sends AC Milan all the way down to fifth. Yep. Crazy. Um, I feel like not that long ago they were in second. That was, yeah, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Nuts. Uh, on the fifth, we had Inter against Lecce. Inter, 2-0 winners in this one. Mkhitaryan giving them the lead with a beautiful finish and some great build-up play in the 29th minute. And Lataro Martinez in the 53rd, another nice finish. And Inter pretty much just cruised the whole game. Yeah, they did. That was a good win for Inter Milan. Now they're in second place all alone. And that's kind of where they, I think their goal is now for the rest of the season, honestly. Finish the Champions be. League spot, finish yeah. second place, something like that. Um, and see how far they can go in the Champions League, I guess. Yeah. Um, that would be about it. Next up, we had AS Roma and Juventus. This was the big game in Italy this weekend. Roma winning 1-0. <laughs> the Romans in Rome, man. <laughs> Win in Rome, let me tell you. You Cremonese, zero wins. <laughs> they lose to them, but somehow they can beat Juve. <laughs> I don't know. And what is what's going on from... in Italy, though, man? Like, who all these teams are just beating anyone can beat anyone, it seems like, on any given yeah. day. Yeah, it's like every other day, someone's like, Hey, you want to go out for wine instead of going to play? Yeah, Bologna last know. weekend beating Inter and Fiorentina beat AC Milan, Trevenese <sighs> beating Roma, then Roma coming back beating Juve. Who knows what happened? Lazio beating Napoli. Who knows what's gonna happen in Italy, man? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Mancini with a beautiful. Strike on 53 minutes. Blasting it. Far post, bottom corner. Dude, that was a rocket. I don't think anyone expected him to take the shot. Funny thing was, I went to go watch this game, and I turned it on, and literally not even five seconds later, the ball was in the net. <laughs> the beginning of that game, did you see all the smoke on the field? Yeah. All it was the like, players? It's like nuts. trying to watch the game. Like I can't even see the ball. Right? <laughs> I'm just looking at the screen, and my eyes are watering from all the smoke. <laughs> Um, hand smoke, big, huh? big talking point in this game, though, um, was Moist Keen. Dude, what was he Subbed doing? on in the 89th minute, not even 90 seconds later, gets a red card. Idiot, dude. He completely kicked this player. Yeah. I mean, it, they were, like, kind of grabbing each other on the arm, and then he just turns and goes to kick him. And, like, it was so funny. Allegri's just like. He's like, why? He's squinting why? hand up. What was he doing? Just, yeah, uh, I like you. You see them tangled. Mancini didn't do anything wrong, except for stand there grabbing. While, I mean, but I mean, yeah. yeah. Then he gets up and lets go of him, and then Moise King was like, "F you, dude!" Yeah, and just kicks him right in the Goes back and of the leg. Wings to kick him. Yeah, the ref was ten feet behind him. How does he expect to get away with that? Yeah, dude. I don't know. It was t- he. You don't get away with that now. Exactly. I mean, yeah, stupid. <sighs> I don't know. Stupid mistake. Normally, I'd say it's because he's a kid. But he's played for PSG, Juventus, Everton. He's been around the block. You should not do that. No. Uh, I think that might be the last game he plays for Juventus, but we'll see. It'll be for the next while. He's going to be suspended. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. Let's go over to Germany. Start with the big game of the weekend. Three on March 3rd. We had three goals in this one. Borussia Dortmund, RB Leipzig. Borussia Dortmund winning 2-1. to one. And this game, man, if you did not watch it, go check the replays on ESPN Plus because the pace of this game was nuts. 
It was, man. And I can tell you I told you so because I told you, you Dortmund would win. You did. And I called Leipzig to win this one. Huge win for Dortmund. Um, that makes them, was that 10 and 10 for them? Something like that. They haven't lost in 2023. Yeah. They're on fire right now. Um, Marco Royce having a fantastic game. Yeah, so that first goal, man, the through ball for Marco Royce was amazing. And then he draws a PK from the goalkeeper, and then he scores the PK. Uh, Emre Shan scoring a volley in the 39th minute. And uh, Leipzig getting a consolation goal in the 74th with Emil Forsberg. Yeah, that was a great game if you're a football fan, man. Or even if you're not a football fan and you want to watch a fun, fast-paced game, check that one out. Or if you say soccer slow and boring. I expect you're not listening to this podcast, but just in case you are, please <laughs> go check this game out. Yeah. All right. On March 4th, we had Union Berlin against Cologne. We both picked Union Berlin to win this one, and it was a scoreless draw. Yeah, it really doesn't do anyone any favors. No. Nope. Probably was- a good result for Cologne. Yeah, probably. Uh, next up, we had Borussia Mönchengladbach against Freiburg. This one also nil-nil. Bundesliga uh, yeah. kind of becoming a two-horse race now? Yeah, I think so. Maybe a three kind of Union Berlin with a sniff of that title? <sighs> yes, but ultimately I think I think it's almost already out of their hands as far as challenging for the title unless there are surprise results in the rest of the season there somewhere i just dortmund and Bayern munich are too good and they're just kind of running away with it right now yeah Bayern in first dortmund in second both on 49 points and yeah. then third union berlin on 44 points so they're five points off but i mean it's two points between third and fifth five points between third and sixth so for anyone's champions game for those spot. last champions league spots. yeah, yeah. All right, next up we had Stuttgart against Bayern Munich. This one was a lot closer than I thought it would be. Bayern Munich winning 2-1 to one in this one. Yeah, Matthias DeLitt with a goal. And he would have hit. Kind of reminded me of that Mancini goal. Yeah, he uh, had a fantastic game too. But then, yeah, right before that, he had a goal line clearance, saving a goal just a minute, couple minutes before that. Yeah. Uh, Chupamoting. Gets another goal in this one. He's on fire right now. Yes, he has uh, scored in his last three Bundesliga games. Yeah, he's a great pickup for them. Just signed a new contract, doubling his wages. Um, Out of nowhere, really, for me, because I know you don't rate him very highly. I don't, yeah. He just can't stop scoring. I think his goals will dry up here eventually, but... We'll see. But Jamal Musiala impressed, man. That guy is... One heck of a just turned twenty. Got a lot of lot of time before he calls it a career, and I think he's only going to get so much better. His dribbling, man, his footwork in tight spaces is oh beautiful to watch. It is, it is. Um, I would almost say it's. It reminds me a lot of Messi at his age. Not a little bit, like that ball just is glued to his foot. So high praise. We'll see. See how far he takes it. Uh, next up on March 5th, we had Bayer Leverkusen against Hertha Berlin. Leverkusen winning this one 4-1. to um, Yeah, it really was never 
a game, to be honest. Nope, we called it. Leverkusen with the win. Yeah. Next up, we had Wolfsburg against Eintracht Frankfurt. This one ended 2-2. This one was exciting. Yeah, so the first goal, Omar Mamus scores for Wolfsburg. Goalie comes out for Frankfurt, man. He was in no man's land. Guy just went right around him. <laughs> and then Kolomuani scores a header from across. I think I mentioned, I bet Kolomuani gets a goal in this yeah. one. And then Evan Indica in the 26th with a beautiful strike. Wow, what a volley. And then, yeah, Wolfsburg equalized in the 43rd through Yannick Gerhardt with a header off a free kick. Yeah, and that was all she wrote. That was all she wrote. That was also, that's all she wrote for the Bundesliga, Targo. So let's fly over to Spain and what happened in La Liga. So in the third, we had Real Sociedad and Cadiz. And this one ended nil-nil. And it's kind of a snooze fest. I will say Sociedad obviously looked like the better team. But, yeah, not a whole lot of chances created in that game. Yeah, I didn't see Sociedad drawing this one, but they have not been playing very well of late. So, Yeah, they got a, let's see, in their last five games, they got two draws, two losses, and one win. So, yeah, you're, you're not wrong there. And then on the fourth, we had Atletico Madrid against Sevilla. And this was a demolition, man. Atletico winning six to one. One way and one way <laughs> one, only. That's right. <laughs> so Memphis cow. Defy got two goals in three minutes. His second one, man, that was a beauty. Beautiful curler, top corner. And then El Nesri got one back for Sevilla. Made it a little interesting until Griezmann scores a goal. Lasso, man. What form is he on this season? Oh, like, man, I think he had a goal and an assist in this game. Yeah. Maybe more. Uh, Carrasco scores in the 69th minute. And then Rakitic, man, he missed a PK. Comes straight back off the post. And then Morata gets a goal. And then, of course, there's a red card for uh, Sevilla. And then in stoppage time, Morata gets a second. 6-1. You know it's bad when Alvaro Morata gets two goals. His second goal is really nice, actually. Goes around a player, and then he rifles it with his left near post. Goes up. But after that, we had uh, Barcelona on the fifth against Valencia. And it was 1-0 to Barca. Barca are missing a host of players for this game. Lewandowski, Pedri, Gavi. Xavi was sitting in the stands. But Rafinha gets the only goal of the game, a header in the 15th minute off a beautiful pass from Sergio Busquets. Oh, what a pass it was. Yeah, over the top. Oh, yeah. And then kind of a cushion header from uh, Rafinha. Yeah, just skims it right over top of the goalie. Um, Yeah, it's good to see Busquets have that still in his locker, though. It is, yeah. But Ferran Torres, man, he missed a PK. (laughs) It's the post. Yeah, all of that after throwing a fit, him and Ansu Fati getting in an argument over who's going to take the penalty kick. There was like three or four players trying to get the ball, and he he wasn't letting go of it. Yeah, and then he just drops a shoulder on <clears throat> Ansu Fati. I mean, he's, what is he now, 18, 17 still? Something like that. He's a little baby. What are you doing? And then you miss it. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And then Arujo, he gets a red card in the 59th. Four kind of got past him, and he dragged him down. Yeah. He's the last defender. Yeah, and he just grabs onto him and doesn't let go. 
So yeah, you're you're gonna get a red if you're the last defender on that one, and he did. But Valencia had some shouts for a PK. It was a nerfy end of the game, that's for sure. Yeah, but, I think that was definitely a penalty kick. I mean, Frank Kessie, what are you doing trying to tackle a guy who's already past you? And he totally clips his legs I in think the it penalty was a foul box. Too man, yeah, that was that was a foul. I don't know that how the refs foul. didn't give that. I don't. I don't know. I have no words. Um, that's more obvious than a lot of things I've seen called or not called this season. So, missed so I, I know we one. had mentioned VAR in England maybe being a little bad. VAR in La Liga there, missing one. That was pretty bad. So, maybe it's just everywhere. I don't know. But moving on, on the fifth, we also had Real Betis against Real Madrid. This one ended nil-nil. Scoreless yeah. draw. Some... Amazing goalkeeping in this game. Yeah, Courtois ben- and Claudio Bravo <clears throat> just stonewalling. Putting on a display, huh? Yeah. Uh, great result for Barcelona, though. Huge result for Barcelona. Because, yeah, now they're they're sitting pretty. Nine points clear. Top of La Liga. I don't yeah. know if Real Madrid can can get that back. They had two draws now in a row for Madrid. Tying Atletico last week. Then tying Betis. Yeah. Um, they did not, I'll be honest with you, they did not look very good going forward in this one. Very sloppy. I will say um, uh, Benzema scored on a free kick, but it was determined to have hit Rudiger it on did. the arm. It did. I, I would. I think that's a goal, man. His arm is against his body. If he moves his arm, it hits his stomach. Or it doesn't hit him as, at all. Um, I think it would have yeah. hit him. It deflects off his arm, goes in the top corner. I don't think it was a handball. Either. I mean, again, his arms are right here tucked in on his side. They're not out flailing. Yeah, I thought it was harsh. Mm-hmm. But there you go. Refs called it handball. And that was, yeah, that was it. Yeah. But in the Copa del Rey, man, on the 2nd of March, earlier in the week, we had a good old El Clasico, Real Madrid against Barcelona. Yeah. Barcelona won it 1-0. 1-0 to the Barca is going to become a saying here this year. (laughs) Whatever the equivalent is in Spanish, I would say. (laughs) But yeah, off an own goal, too, for Militao. Yeah. Um, That was unlucky, I'll be honest. It was super unlucky. Yeah. (laughs) Rough deflection, and it kind of bounces off of him. Not much he could do. Yeah. Uh, but that was Madrid's first loss at home in 11 months. Wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Bernabeu's a fortress for them, huh? It is, which gives me little hope for Liverpool, except for they won 7-0. All right, over to Ligue 1. On March 4th, we had Law against Lille. This one ended 1-1. Just result for both teams? Couldn't tell you I didn't watch that one. If I'm being honest, all the other games going on. Yeah, it's it's hard to keep up with all the games, but um, I thought it was a fair result. Um, Lille not doing them any themselves any favors with the Jose Fonte own goal in the 41st minute, and Jonathan David continues his hot streak, scoring in the 69th minute. That's all she wrote. Yeah. Next up. The Messi and, Messi and Mbappe show comes to town. PSG against Naw. Six goals in this one. PSG winning 4-2. to two. 
Yeah, Messi and Mbappe both with a goal. Yeah. And then uh, the one I want to talk about is Fernand, the Ludovic Blas, man. He caught Donnarumma cheating at his near post. He was looking for that cross. He saw him cheating and said, nope, <laughs> you got to watch that near post, bud. Donnarumma's been making some s- mistakes this year. Yeah, yes. And that was a big um, one. Yeah, that was a big one. Big news in this one, though. Mbappe breaks PSG's all-time scoring record with his 201st goal passing Edison Cavani. Mbappe is only 24. So yeah, 201 we, goals for we PSG. We mentioned right. some records. That was another one. We mentioned Mo Salah Holy getting cow. that record for Liverpool. Kylian Mbappe. Just, just goes to show, man, what kind of a player Kylian Mbappe is going to be. He's going to be one of the right. greatest of his generation. That's for sure. Just to put this into you know, kind of different aspects here. Mo Salah scored 129 Premier League goals for Liverpool. He's 31. Mbappe is 24. He has 201 goals for PSG. Let that sink in. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. I think next year Mbappe gets a ballon d'or. I think next year is his. Um, I think this would be the last year that he doesn't win one. For a couple. Because Messi (laughs) is going to win it this year. Yeah. That's kind of in the bag for him already. All right. Midweek we have Champions League second legs on March 7th. We have Club Bruges against Benfica. Benfica's up 2-0 in this one. You see it going any other way? One way and one way only. (laughs) Yeah. Going one way and one way only for the Portuguese in Belgium. Yep. Next up, we have Borussia Dortmund against Chelsea. I believe this one's at Stamford Bridge. It is. Dortmund are up 1-0. Is there any way back for Chelsea in this one? Oh, man, I don't think so. Dortmund are playing too good right now. Zero losses. But Chelsea just scored their first goal since the beginning of February. Well, good for them. They're going to have to score two. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, no, I agree on this one. I don't think Chelsea stands any chance in this game. Dortmund are too good right now. They're in too good a form. Stamford Bridge is everything but a fortress. I think Dortmund win this one comfortably. I don't know if they win it comfortably, but I, th- I think they win it. Okay. On March 8th, we have the big one. In Munich, PSG against Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich up 1-0 on this one. Mbappe's back full, fully healthy. How do you see this one going? Man, I don't know. It's tough. Bayern Munich are good. PSG are good. There's no Neymar. I almost... I almost want to go PSG, man. I want to. I want to see Messi. I want to see the Messi and Mbappe show keep going. So I'm going to go I for think, them. I think you're right because I picked them to really? win the whole thing. I picked them to win the whole thing. So I got to pick them. Uh, I think it'll be close. No, I don't want to pick them. I want to pick uh, Bayern Munich now. Only reason I think <clears throat> PSG wins is because Neymar is not playing. I don't know. I, think, I don't know who's going to win that one. I think he makes them worth. 
It's going to be so. a fun game to watch, though, and I can't wait to watch that one on. Me either. Speaking of fun games Tuesday to watch, or Wednesday. teams that we don't know who's going to show up. AC Milan against Tottenham. AC Milan's up 1 0 on this one. I have no idea how this is going to go. Tottenham, this is at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, is the chicken going to fall off the roof or are they going to win this one? Oh man, it's tough to say because it's in London. I almost want to give it to Tottenham, but it seems like AC Milan, like they play like crap, then they play good. They play like crap and they play good. Well, they play like crap on the weekend. So that only means one thing and one thing only. They'll play good. Hopefully they're going to have to against the Tottenham team. Yeah, I, Tottenham's the same way, though. Maybe sometimes a good, maybe sometimes a bad. I don't know. Uh, well, they were bad last Actually in charge, <laughs> I, I think Tottenham lose. I'll say Tottenham lose, too. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think this game probably ends in a draw and Milan go through. But I don't think it's going to be very entertaining to watch at all. All right, think, that's it for our midweek games. Same day, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think watch, the chicken's going to fly the coop. I'll watch, I'll watch the PSG Byron game. You can watch the Tottenham Milan game. <laughs> I'll watch both at the same time. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, enough with the joking. Got some sensitive topics to talk Ooh. about. Serious topic now. Yeah, I, let me put on my serious I know. face. You gotta get serious. Um, hold on, give me a second. There you go. There you go. Good idea. Good idea. <laughs> All right. Ashraf Hakimi. Speaking of PSG, um, apparently uh, has been given preliminary charges of rape by the prosecutor's department of Nanterre uh, on March third. Women, the woman decided not to press charges, but her testimony uh, was enough evidence for the prosecution to open an investigation. So, for the record, he's not been accused of anything yet. It's just preliminary charges, so it's under investigation. Brings up the question, many questions for that matter, uh, since... Everyone is innocent until proven guilty. As owners of football clubs, what would you do with the players that are accused, indicted, go to trial, or found innocent, but their names, images, and legacies have been tarnished by these accusations? What would you do with them? Man, that's tough, because you look at Mason Greenwood right now with his whole pretty much same thing. Yeah. I would say his reputation is tarnished, and I don't know if a club's going to want to pick him up at all. No, I mean, I could see see teams in lower divisions picking him up on kind of a paid-as-you-play type of contract. But, I mean, for Mason Greenwood, for those of you who didn't know, he was found not guilty of aggravated assault. But there's a video on YouTube that you can find. Um, that's pretty damning. So makes him look very guilty, even if he wasn't right now, Manchester United have him on sabbatical and they're deciding and asking the players whether or not they should let him come back into the squad or let him go. It's tough, man. He's now that he's found innocent, he's, his life's never going to be the same ever again. No, I'm pretty sure. Isn't he having a baby with a girl too? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I, honestly, I guess it would depend on what's being... If, so if I'm the club and something like this comes against, you know, one of my players, one, it's going to depend on what the charge is or what kind of is going on. Or if there, actual, if there are actual charges. Because with Hakimi right now, there's no actual charges. It's more of an, an investigation. And so I would try to keep him in the fold as much as I can. Obviously, you know, his head's probably not going to be in the right space. So, you know, I don't know if I want a player like that playing. But I would try to keep it as normal as possible until there's actual charges kind of brought. Or there's actually very damning evidence, I guess. You know, video, something like that. That kind of proves it without the trial, so to speak. Yeah. And so that's where I think I, I would be at. I think it would, it would, it would vary obviously from player to player. Yeah. Um, what would you do if you're PSG in this situation then? I'd try to keep Hakimi on and pretend going as normal. What would you do if you're Manchester United with Mason Greenwood? That one's tough. I don't know if I'd want him back. Yeah, I don't know. And it's a shame, too, because he was such a great young talent. But he still is. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's not old by any means. No. He's definitely lost a year of his career. 100%. Yeah. And probably more than that at this point. But um, How about yeah, you? What would, what would you do, then, if you're Manchester United, if you're a PSG? Uh, if I'm – I'll be honest. If I'm the coach, I'm going to talk to the players. Whatever they decide goes. If they want the player back, let him come back. As long as it's not a toxic dressing room and it doesn't mess up the harmony of the team. Uh, especially if, I mean, I feel bad for all these players that get accused of these things and ultimately are found innocent. It doesn't do anything but tarnish their entire careers. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, I, I would. I think Ten Hag is handling it perfectly, asking the players what they think. Um, so here's the other thing: Ten Hag has has he ever met really Greenwood? No. Has Greenwood been training with Manchester United since all this happened? No. So, I mean, there's a new coach there. There's a lot of new faces as well. So how do you yeah. how do you think they react to all of this? Yeah, you I know, don't. I don't know. Anthony think... Casemiro, they've never played with Greenwood. No. Um, I think players like David De Gea, who are supposed to be leaders in the locker room, probably would have a better say on the matter. But, I mean, he's innocent. If the players say that they would let him come back, then slowly reintegrate him into the squad, in my opinion. Uh, they could definitely use a player of his quality. Yeah, they really um, could. I don't know about his character, but he's innocent. So I can't really say anything damning about him. But, I mean... That these charges and things happening to players, I mean, there's a long history of it, right? Oh, yeah. Um, you can say the same thing about Benjamin Mendy, who just got um, released from prison. He was accused of multiple counts of rape, and now they've proven that he's innocent. Um, he's got a crazy lifestyle. I don't know if you've ever read anything about that. But what players decide to do in their free time, it's their free time. I mean, as long as it keeps him out of trouble. Danny Alves uh, was arrested for sexual assault while playing for Barcelona. Cristiano Ronaldo famously got accused by a lady in Vegas. Of yep, rape. I remember that. He was proven innocent 
and has now pressed charges against the woman for trying to defame him. Um, Greatly so, I think, honestly, yeah. if you're going to accuse that kind of stuff. I mean, if if it happened and the person gets proven guilty, then that's it. They're released to their contract, yada, yada, yada. Oh, yeah, they should be, you know, charged to the full extent of the law. I agree. But if you're going to lie about something like that also, then I, I think there should be consequences for those actions as well. I 100% agree. Um, and, you know, it, I know it's a touchy subject, and a lot of people don't like to talk about it, but it's how the law works. You're innocent until proven guilty. If you're innocent, you're innocent. If you're guilty, you're guilty. There's no gray area. It's black or white. That's it for me. Um, I did find one fun fact, though. And there's a list of players who have been, um, have had all had out of court settlements for tax evasion. And this is quite the list. You ready? I'm moving on to a different crime, huh? <laughs> yes. This list has some of the biggest names in all of football. Believe it or not, all of them played in Spain at one point. Fabio Cannavaro, Neymar, Cristiano Ronaldo, Ramadel Falcao, Lionel Messi, James Rodriguez, Luka Modric, Angel Di Maria, Marcelo, Gerard Piquet, Javier Mascherano, Iker Casillas, and Jose Mourinho, just to name a few. Millions of dollars in settlements for tax evasion. So, just thought it was funny. That's all. There was no (laughs) point to that. Moving on, let's get to something positive, shall we? We are going to start a new monthly European power rankings. Uh, When we put this and had this discussion, we obviously both meant different things, but said the same thing. Yeah, monthly. Monthly, as in we're doing it monthly, hadn't done it yet. So I did January and February records in all competitions and i did february because it was monthly just did monthly bless his soul so targo i say we start with our number 10s we each go and work our way down to number one sounds good all right who's your number 10 targo my number 10 has been fika they're four and one for february and that one loss was on PKs to Braga in the Taca de Portugal. But the reason I have them at number 10 is their emphatic win over Club Bruges, winning 2-0, dominating that game, and will probably be moving on in the next round of the Champions League. And so I have them at my number 10. Nice. Yeah, they have been impressive this season, especially after losing their best midfielder and at the beginning of the season losing their best forward, arguably. So, all right. My number 10... I have Union Berlin. Um, they're the Cinderella story, Cinderella story of the season. They're ranked third in the Bundesliga right now. This year in 2023, they've won seven, drawn three, and lost one. That's it. Okay, yeah. I I thought about adding them, but again, their record in February was not the best, so I did not. Okay. And that is where a lot of these rankings differ for both of us. Yes. You only did February and I did January and February. So. All right. Targo, number nine for you. My number nine is AC Milan. 
So in February, they had won four and lost one. And that one loss was to Inter Milan. But one of the big wins in those four was they beat Spurs in the Champions League. And I know after looking at your, we'd found the record for that year. If I was doing for the year, I probably wouldn't have had them on my top 10 list. But again, for February, one loss, four wins. It was a tough loss, but yeah, I picked them. Yeah. All right. My number nine is Manchester United. Uh, They've played a whopping 18 games since January 1st. That's a lot. That is a lot. Uh, They're 13-3-2 since January 1st. I was going to put that they're still in contention to win the quadruple, uh, but they lost 7-0 to Liverpool, so I changed it to the treble. Still in contention to win the FA Cup and Europa League. They won the Carabao Cup, which is why they got into my top ten. Moving yeah, on. they're they're in my top ten. They're my next one. They're number eight, Manchester United. Well, and, just keep going then. I guess it's a perfect segue. Yeah, so they they were four and two, four wins, two draws, and zero losses. So they didn't lose at all in the month of February. And uh, they had some big wins, you know, a big win in the Carabao Cup. Uh, they beat Barca and their two draws. One was to Leeds United, so not quite as impressive. But then the other draw was to Barcelona at the camp now. Yeah, which is equally as impressive. So, so yeah, I picked them as my number eight. Solid pick. My number eight is PSG. The Messi and Mbappe show. Uh, they're 8-1-5 in 2003. They did not have a very good January to February. It was February. January, yeah, that... beginning of February. So, shocker, I do not have PSG in my top 10 because if you look at their February, I'm pretty sure they won like one or two games is all. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Messi and Mbappe just look so good together. Now. Didn't now. In February. <laughs> and the end of February they did. Um, they look more and more dangerous as each game goes on. I, they could beat anybody any day, but they could also lose to anybody any day. So flip a coin. That's my number eight. What do you have at number seven? My number seven is Manchester City. Nice. So they're four and two, four wins, two draws, zero losses. Uh, big wins against Arsenal. And their yeah, two, two draws. Lows. Yep. The, their two draws were to Nine and Forest, which was a bit of a disappointment, I know, for them. Probably should have won that game. And then the other draw was to RB Leipzig in the Champions League. But no losses in February, so I included them in my top ten. Yeah, they're in my top ten as well, but a little higher. We'll see. My number seven is Real Madrid. They've won ten, drawn two, and lost three in 2023. For me, it was mostly the 5-2 to two win against Liverpool <clears throat> in the Champions League. They won the Club World Cup. I know their last couple of games, last two games, have been draws in the league. Uh, they lost to Barcelona in the Copa del Rey first leg. I understand that was in March. Um, but yeah. Big win against Liverpool in the Champions League. Emphatic showing. Uh, They would be above Barcelona, except Barcelona are still 
nine points ahead of them. At the time, it was seven. So, number six, Targo. My number six is Juventus. So they won five, drew once, and had zero losses. Their one draw came to naught in the Europa League, which they then beat them emphatically in the second leg. But they didn't really beat anyone noteworthy. No top clubs in Italy. Again, Nantes, probably not super noteworthy, but it was worth noting. Nice. My number six is Barcelona. They've won 12, drawn two, and lost two since January 1st. One of those draws and one of those losses was against Manchester United. But at the time, like I said, when we did this, seven-point lead in La Liga, now it's nine. They, their defense is so good right now. How United managed to score, I guess they scored four goals against them, and most of them were their own fault. So, um, yeah, they've seriously impressed me this season. They seem to eke out 1-0 wins every single week. It's nuts. So, yeah, for the length of the season, I would I would say yes. But for February, no, they didn't have a good February. A couple losses, a couple draws. So they mm-hmm. are not even in my top 10 for February. Okay. Number five, Targo. Number five is Bayern Munich. So they had five wins and one loss. But a big win against PSG, an emphatic win against Union Berlin. And then their one loss came to VFL Bochum, who, if you look at the table now, are bottom of La Liga. Or not La Liga, Bundesliga. So that's that's the stain, and it's a pretty big stain. But man, a win against PSG, I think that's, that's huge. 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 Union Berlin, who were sitting in third, I mean, they dominated them. Yeah, that wasn't even close. 3-0, I believe. Yep, so I went with Bayern Munich at number five. Okay. My number five is Manchester City. Uh, Yeah, you already said it. In the month of February, they won four, drew two, didn't lose a game. Since January 1st, they're 11-2-3. Did not have a great January, which is why uh, they're not higher on my list. But they can still win the treble. Uh, FA Cup and League and Champions League. They beat Arsenal twice, which was very impressive to me, but they've been slightly inconsistent. That draw against RB Leipzig and the draw against Forest. Uh, in games, I, the Leipzig one, you probably could say it could have gone either way, so a draw was probably fair, but they should have definitely beat Nottingham Forest. So, yeah, that's why they're not higher on my list. How about number four, Targo? My number four is Real Madrid. So in the month of February, they won five and drew one with zero losses. And they had uh, big wins in the Club World Cup, like you had mentioned, destroyed Liverpool in the Champions League. And that one draw was a Madrid derby to Atletico. Yeah. Um, They've been on fire lately. So, All right. Number four, I have Borussia Dortmund. Um, I probably should have... I probably should have revised this, but yeah, they've won 10 since January 1st, drawn none and lost none. They're the most informed team in all of Europe. Our listeners can't see. I'm shaking my head right now. You have them so low. Yeah. Uh, 
They went from sixth to tied with Bayern Munich for first. I got nothing but good things to say, and probably come next week we'll be talking about them beating Tottenham Hotspur. Not Tottenham Hotspur, Chelsea. The other crappy London t- club. So, um, yeah. Honestly, they should be higher on this list, but I have them fourth. Okay. My number three is Celtic from the Scottish Premier League, who are 5-0 and in February. Five wins, no losses, no draws. And then in January, they were... They had five wins and one draw, and that one draw was to Rangers. But yeah, undefeated in February, man. How can they not be on your top ten? Yeah, I don't know, um, but they're not for some reason. I must have overlooked the Scot- Scottish league. So my number three is Arsenal. They did not have the grace of February's, but they have won seven, drawn two, and lost three in twenty twenty three. Lost five times all season. And more importantly, have more points through 26 games than the Invincibles did. They're in first place up by five points on Manchester City. I can't say enough good things about them this season, except for the inconsistency of February. And that's why they're not even in my top 10, because they had a bad February. So, that's my number three. Who you got at number two, Targo? My number two is Napoli who had five wins, zero draws, and zero losses in February. They had a big win in the Champions League against Eintracht Frankfurt, but they didn't really play anyone too noteworthy in Serie A, and so I did not put them at number one. So they're my number two, Napoli. Fair. My number two is Bayern Munich. I know you mentioned them already. Big win against PSG is why they're so high on my list, uh, and the destruction of Union Berlin as well. I mean, they've won six, drawn three, and lost once since January 1st. But but yet you have them above Borussia Dortmund, who have zero losses. I do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is power rankings. For me, it wasn't about recent record. It's who I think could beat everybody else on this list that is below them or above uh, below them. Um, okay. I guess we have different views on power rankings then as well. <laughs> yeah. Seems like it. Number one, Targo, after all of your arguments, I bet I could guess who it is. Yeah, it's Borussia Dortmund, man, <laughs> undefeated in, in 2023. How do you not pick them? In January, they had six wins, no draws, no losses. Big win against Freiburg, who are up at close to the top of the table in the Bundesliga. We just saw them beat RB Leipzig. I know it was March, so I didn't even count it. But then they had a big win against Chelsea in the Champions League. So, yeah. Borussia Dortmund, man. I get it. I get it. Like I said, they should be higher on my list, but. I don't get how you have Arsenal at number three, if I'm being honest. Because I think so they're you, the you, third you think best right team now in... Arsenal would beat Real Madrid or PSG? If uh, they're going they off could. the way you do it? They could. But we won't know because they're in the Europa League this year. We'll find out next year. Um, exactly in the Europa League too not even in the Champions League and you have them that high (laughs) your bias is showing there bud yeah well this is my power rankings I can put whoever I want power rankings are wrong (laughs) (laughs) Um, my number one uh, if it wasn't for 
Borussia Dortmund's undefeated run of six wins and zero losses. I put Napoli as my number one. Do you know they didn't allow a goal in all of February? That's impressive. Zero. Zero. They only allowed five goals since January 1st. So, yeah. Uh, This was before they lost to Lazio, of course. But that's in March. So they might drop a bit. Um, They won nine, drew one, lost two. They've lost, what, three games all season? Including all competitions? Oh, they have lost two. Yeah, and they lost in the Copa Italia, I think. I don't know. Anyways, they're the best team in Europe right now, in my opinion. They could beat any team on this list, which is why they're my number one. Yeah, I mean, they're a solid choice. They're my number two. Like I said, I think the only reason I rated Borussia Dortmund higher is I feel like Borussia Dortmund beat a tougher team in the Champions League in Chelsea versus Napoli beating Eintracht Frankfurt. Honestly, that I think that was my deciding factor. Fair. Yeah, the only reason I have Bayern Munich ahead of Borussia Dortmund is because they beat PSG. So, and then yeah, you're right. My bias showed on the Arsenal pick, but <laughs> anyways, that's all I got for this one. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Let us know your power rankings in Europe on our Facebook group at Bruce and Banter. We love to hear your guys' thoughts. Make sure to check out our TikToks, Instagram at Bruce and Banter FC. The YouTube, man, you guys got to check out our expressions. I got heated right there when I saw him put Borussia Dortmund so low. I thought that was a shame. So make sure you check out the YouTube, check out our facial expressions. They're funny. Yeah, they are, definitely. Uh, especially when I say something and Targo doesn't agree with that. It's pretty no. entertaining. Sometimes I, try not I to think you say it time. just to get a rise out of me, man. Uh, how'd you know? <laughs> but also make sure you check out our Red Bubble, check out our merch. Uh, I mentioned our Facebook group. We got some merch on our Facebook group. We want to like, we want to hear from you guys. Which one? Which kind of our merch do you like the best? So make sure you check that out because we want to keep doing this. It's fun for us. And on that note, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Till next time. Cheers.